You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. Gonski 2.0 is going to pump more money than ever before into our education system. But how effective can this funding be if the foundation of our kids' education is shaky? A recent report has found that while Australia has improved in the early education sector, we are still woefully behind our OECD counterparts. This low-quality preschooling could even be affecting our children into high school. CEO of Early Childhood Australia, Samantha Page, joins us now to explain more. Hi, Sam. Hello. So what do these statistics mean nationally in this report? So it means that we've still got a long way to go to get our three-year-old participation rates up to international benchmarks and um, we're getting closer with four-year-olds but we still need to keep um, pushing that up as well and we also need to be diligent about the quality of our preschool programs and making sure that as many children as possible get a preschool program provided by a degree qualified early years teacher. Now, I understand that um, four-year-olds and five-year-olds, that that year before they start big school, as we say, um, that those rates have improved and that it's universal access for kids at that age. Why is it still important to improve our rates of three-year-olds attending quality preschool programs? Yeah, so our rates have improved under the Universal Access Partnership Agreement between the Commonwealth and the State and Territory Governments um, to provide that critical one year um, of preschool for 15 hours a week for all children in the year before they start school. We're still only at 95% and some states are much lower than that. Um, So there's still a bit of work to go to um, increase that because while all the states and territories signed up for universal access, that doesn't mean that it's free and available everywhere. Um, So for some families, it's still really hard to access um, a preschool program in the year before their children start school. We need to keep working on that, particularly rural and remote areas um, and areas where programs are really still really expensive. Um, but increasingly internationally, the, the research is telling us that one year isn't enough and children will benefit from two years of a quality preschool program. The children that benefit the most are the children who are from a disadvantaged background and at risk of poor engagement in education. Um, Those children um, tend to start school with a a lower vocabulary than other children um, and behind their peers on a number of developmental domains and they really struggle to catch up. We know that those we can equalise where those children are at if they have two years of a quality program and overseas we're seeing more and more governments investing in um, free and universal preschool for three and four year olds so that they get two years before they transition to school but we we haven't got that commitment here in Australia. So um, what exactly does a quality program look like because um, a lot of parents will access what they see as daycare or an, an early education setting when they need to work. Mm-hmm. But obviously this goes beyond just having the children looked after while you're working, doesn't it? That's right. And look, it, um, long daycare and centre-based care uh, can provide excellent programs, but it's it's a very good question for parents to ask because um, what's important is that the program is being delivered by a qualified teacher. So four-year degree trained teacher is, is delivering and overseeing the delivery of the program. And that means that they're um, providing... Um, they're providing a planned program that uh, is is built on the early years learning framework and has intentional teaching um, intertwined with play-based learning. So 
predominantly children in the ages age bracket that we're talking about, three and four, will learn through play. But that doesn't mean they're just left to their own devices and do whatever they like. There is an, in, there is an intentional program being delivered that will ensure that children are um, learning the basics of language and literacy, learning the basics of maths, um, science, uh, but more than anything, learning to get along with other children, learning to um, create their play, learning to regulate their emotions and be inqu- inquiring and curious um, those, that's the best possible start that we can give children before they start um, school is to, to be confident and, in, and curious learners. Um, what parents should look for is a program, as I said, that's delivered by a teacher, that's also delivered in an environment that is, is all about rich learning opportunities. And it's hard to describe this, but generally rich uh, learning environments are full of children who look engaged in what they're doing, who look very curious and, and in, they're, they're working in, in, well not working, they're, they're playing in groups um, and they're finding out about stuff and they look really engaged and happy. You're and- listening. Sorry to interrupt, Sam. No, you're, listening to, you're listening to Kindling Conversation. And we're talking to Sam Page, who's the CEO of Early Childhood Australia, about the latest report into Australia's early education sector, where we actually rank lower than many of our international OECD counterparts. Um, Sam, we, you mentioned earlier that some states were performing, um, underperforming, even the percentage of, I think you were saying, 95% for four-year-olds. Um, do we know... Where in Australia we're doing better, what states or territories are doing better, and if they are doing better than the rest, what's the key to their success? Yes, good question. Um, look, we, we do know the states and territories that are doing better on participation rates, and they tend to be the states that have um, preschool as a um, free part of their public education system. Um, and that means that, uh, that that families can access preschool. Um, it's low cost, you know, they're not charging fees, and it's available in their local neighbourhood. So generally you can walk to preschool and um, you're guaranteed a spot. So you're not having to deal with waiting lists or ringing around trying to get into different services. So those um, states, includes the ACT and WA and Tasmania, are doing very well on participation rates. However, the downside of that is that they're often delivering in the same time frame that schools operate, so nine to three, which can be really hard for working families, particularly with young children who are too little to go to after-school programs and so on and so forth. Um, and so, so some um, parents will argue that while that's great, that those states are doing well on participation, it can be um, quite tr- quite tricky to manage when you're two parents working or you're a single parent working family. Um, and um, and the alternative is to access the program in a, a centre-based um, care service, a childcare service. Uh, but you need to ask the question then to make to satisfy yourself that the program is just as high quality, which you know often it is. But it's it's worth parents knowing the questions to ask. When it comes to, uh, I mean, the, I know that New South Wales, where I live, mm-hmm. um, hasn't hasn't been doing so great. And my first thought about that is is that it might be too expensive. Um, do we know, is there a, a nationwide approach that we could take to actually make 100% attendance workable throughout the country? 
Um, look, that's, a, that's an excellent question and I think um, we're, we're calling on COAG to have a really good look at that. So the Universal Access Partnership Agreement as it stands does not deliver free preschool um, and it doesn't give parents a choice about where they access preschool and so it's very much left to state and territories to work out different systems and New South Wales um, has had the lowest starting point um, in terms of participation rates down around 60%. Um, it has improved those. I think they're in the mid 80% now, but it's, there's still a long way to go to reach that 100% target. And you're right, it's primarily because of cost barriers and to some extent distance and transport issues as well. Um, but uh, other states like Queensland have dramatically improved their participation rates by using a mix of public and private delivery and funding preschool incentive-based services as well as um, having community-based preschools and so we can learn a lot from jurisdictions like that about mixed models and certainly if we're talking about extending preschool to three-year-olds I think it's worth having a good look at mixed service delivery models so that um, parents who are working can have a longer day of care with a quality education program built into that uh, and and more choice about where they're accessing services. Well, Sam, thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome. I'm sorry I rabbit on a bit about this, don't I? I could talk about it all day. But, um... <laughs> oh, it's important. We completely understand. <laughs> thank you very much. Thanks, Sam. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible, and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.